0: Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Immanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. When God told me to start this church, He didn't say, start a church. He didn't say that. In fact, I discovered that we had a call to start a church accidentally. I mean that because he never categorically or directly, let me say, directly said, start a church. He didn't put it that way. So we had a fellowship of people. You know, we used to pray regularly, study regularly. And then one day, praying, the Lord said to me, Such and such fellowship, what it was called at the time, will be one of the churches that will come for on the last day. That's what He told me. That's what He told me. So I was just telling my friend, you know, Shay Jacobs, who is who's, who's also in ministry now, is a reverend somewhere. Um, I said, The Lord said, this ministry will be one of the churches you will come for on the last day. Hi. There's a child waving at me at the back. (laughs) You know, will be one of the churches I will come for on the last day. And he said, say it again. I said, it's one of the churches I will come for on the last day. He said, say it again. So I was like, what's wrong with this guy? And I said it the third time, and he said, did you say church? That's when he struck. For some reason, I don't know. I'm usually not that slow, but it never really dawned on me. (laughs) laugh now. (laughs) So it was much later that multitudes of confirmations came. But listen, it is not worthy that God told us what we will stand for before he even told us we are to start. Come on, are you with me? So, there is a type of church. I I take DNA very seriously. We're not just out for members. We're out for quality. Say loud amen. We're, We're out for quality. There is a way you ought to think. A life you ought to live. If you belong to this household. And so, when we quote from Philippians 1.25. About... Your man of God continue with you you for your furtherance and joy of faith. It's a real thing. We are determined to see it work in your life. To make sure that indeed your devotional life is getting better constantly. Consistent improvement in God, in consecration, that you are more consecrated to God and His assignment today than you were yesterday. It must happen. Come on, are you with me? And there must be that self-assessment and scrutiny in your own life to say, God, you know, search me. Anything that is inconsistent with your plan in Christ Jesus for my life, take it away. Cut it away. Listen, the best of us can be distracted. I'm telling you, you have to put the structure in place. Special times of devotion and assessment to say, you know what, God? If I have forgotten why I'm here, remind me. You, you can forget your first love. You can. And you will still play church, come regularly and all of that. And forget what it's all about. Come on, are you with me? huh. And it's, it's going to be a greater deception. Because if you are not in church at all, it will be easier to spot that there is no God in your life than if you are in the environment and you have missed the essence. It's dangerous. You are better ignorant than wrongly informed. So, in this series, this series is so important. This series on financial stewardship because it, it's, it's really going to help you see through God's lenses, understand what your calling is, what your identity is. And I want to start with um, a brief commentary on Exodus. In fact, this is not a commentary, just a scanty (laughs) commentary. Yeah. (laughs) To help you see what it's about. Every good Bible student must get the point and realize that the book of Exodus is not just a history book, but a prophetic book. Did you hear what I said? It is not just a what. But it's a what. It was prophetic. God was showing in a figure the destiny of the church. How the church was to be birthed. And the process of his salvation. How it was going to manifest. He was showing it. No wonder he said... And introduced himself to Moses as, I am that I am. And you know, the transliteration from the Hebrew actually means, I will be who I will be. So it seemed to be a declaration of his salvation plan in the future. The same yesterday, today, forever. Meaning in the yesterday, you can see the consistency of his plan. Come on, are you with me? This is is so important. And that's what the book of Exodus was really truly about. You know, and all the systems or or the, the structure of salvation, you see it there. Number one, you see divine initiative. The fact that it wasn't Moses looking for God. God looked for Moses. Come on, are you with me? God was the one who preempted the salvation plan. I've said it time and again. How that when we had enough sense to realize we needed salvation, we discovered salvation was already available. Come on, are you with me? Nobody had enough spiritual sense to discover our spiritual bankruptcy and to reach out to God to propose salvation. No. He took divine initiative, sent his son. He didn't wait for us. And so the fact that you see, God setting a bush on fire without it being consumed, reaching out to Moses, you see that pattern there divine initiative. He introduces himself to Moses. I am the God of your fathers. Moses did not read a book, he wasn't even fasting. He was on a mountain, but he wasn't there for a retreat. God reached out to him. God Caught his attention. God called him. Divine initiative. And then the next thing you see is sovereign intervention. Sovereign. Listen, Egypt was the world power at the time, the greatest civilization known to man at the time. There was no way humanly possible that Moses and the Jews would have stood up to him. No way. No way. So, the fact that Egypt was insurmountable is also a picture of salvation. How that by your strength, it is not possible at all. I, I, come on, are you with me? This is very important. You are not leaving Egypt without God. It's not possible. You don't have the resources. You don't have the might. You don't have the intelligence. You don't have, you, you don't have the strategy. You, it, it's not possible. But God with a mighty hand. Come on, are you with me? Oh, man, That's a picture of your salvation. And the Bible tells us in the New Testament that even the Red Sea experience was a picture of baptism. That's, that's salvation. First Corinthians um, 10, the children of Israel were baptized unto Moses. The Bible tells us that. So the Exodus we read, the Exodus of the Jews is akin to your Exodus from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. So we see divine initiative, we see sovereign intervention, and then the next thing we see is discipleship. This structure is so important. Are you aware that the Jews missed it totally? They thought that obeying the law was a prerequisite for salvation. Oh, how wrong they were. It was the result, not the prerequisite. God categorically said, you saw how I brought you out of Egypt with a strong hand. Therefore, if you obey my law. Come on, are you with me? So now, you've seen my sovereign intervention. I want you to reciprocate with loyalty. I want you to be named as my people. That came after salvation, not before. They didn't obey the law to see the mighty acts of God in Egypt. No. God took sovereign initiative, brought them out and said, you see what I did there? So if you obey my law, and that's why, listen, so the fact that these people stumbled at the law wasn't because the law was not good. It was because (laughs) for you, To walk in the path of God, you must first believe. And these people were unbelievers. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's just like an an unbeliever trying to do ministry. You will suffer. You will struggle. Because it's for spirit-led people. It's for spirit-led people. Discipleship. So it's akin to what Paul told the church at Rome... He spent 11 chapters explaining what Christ has done, you know, the salvation and everything. Now in chapter 12, verse 1, he says, I beseech you therefore, in view of the mercies of God, present your bodies. This is, so meaning, if you have seen, just like in Egypt, how God brought you out with a mighty hand, in view of the mercies of God, it's common sense. That after you have received so much kindness from a guy, the guy takes you out to lunch every day, the, the you know, and all of that, always there, you know. If you are not interested, <laughs> if you are not interested in the relationship, you, you distance yourself. You can't go out, go out Valentine dates, lunch dates, you know, cinema. You watching movies. Then he's now asking you out. You're now surprised. What do you mean? Right. He now said, brother. And don't brother me. Don't <laughs> brother. I'm not your brother. <laughs> don't zone me. So God is like, that's what this was all about. It was meant to be an engagement. I was proposing love to you. See, see all I've done. Now get committed. That's what he was doing. And some of us already know about commitment. But the scope of our understanding of commitment is limited. You know how to wake up in the morning and pray. You know how to fast regularly. You even know how to belong to a church. Belong to a service group. So, the first command that God gave them, you know about it. You shall have no other God besides me. Don't make any graven image. Don't offer any sacrifices to them. Never bow to anyone else. I, Lord, your God is a jealous God. Don't do that. Now, you understand that? At least you think you do. But then the 10th commandment, the last one, the very last one, in verse 17, Turn your Bibles, Exodus 20. I've been quoting, you know, from my heart. So, Exodus 20. Verse 17. Are you there? Everybody read together. One, two, go. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. Nor his male servant. Nor his female servant. Nor his ox nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. Oh, I know, I know, I know. How to stop worshipping idols after I've found God to be true. I mean, isn't it obvious? He humbled all the magicians of Egypt. Those guys are clowns. This is the true God. That part you know. But when you now understand that the scope of his dominion, the scope of his lordship, must touch and damage your greed. Come on, are you with me? It must touch it. If it does not touch that part of your life, you've not, understand, you, you, you've not understood him. You've not understood what, he's, he, what he wants from you. And that's what we're trying to help you see when we talk about financial stewardship. Helping you see how your walk with God must influence your attitude to money. If you don't understand it, so, so who's a steward? A steward is simply someone who serves the interest of another. Serving the interest of Another. So when we talk about financial stewardship, you know, we are saying first and foremost, that you believe that all your resources are from God. Do you believe that? <laughs> my God. Listen, people who are particularly gifted and intelligent struggle on this point. Because we have a proclivity as humans to want to brag As though nobody was responsible for our growth, for our development, for our success and achievement. Have you heard people say self-made man? I'm a self-made man. (laughs) Self-made man. I bet no one gave birth to you. An angel just stoned you from heaven. Even then you won't be self-made because an angel did something. There's no such thing, and ultimately, I am When the Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the father of light, with whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. You, you see, it's it's a consciousness to have, it's a consciousness to have when Paul says to Timothy in 1 Timothy 6 it says that let every rich man believe that it is God who gives all things richly for enjoyment. So, when I have any financial achievement, so it's a consciousness. Yes, I'm hardworking, but it was God who gave me what I have. I'm not the only hardworking person. I'm not the only hardworking person. So, I must still see a privilege a divine hand behind all the privileges I have. Because there is one. The hand of God. Come on, are you with me? That's not where we are going. I, I could have done an apology to, to prove that to you beyond reasonable doubt. But best believe all you have comes from God. You know what John the Baptist said? He says, a man can receive nothing (laughs) except to be given to him from above. Every privilege, every influence. You know, this, this this is one conviction that will keep you humble. What do I have that I did not receive? Come on, are you with me? What do I have? What do I have? Go and look at how God spoke to David. When David thought he was going to do something for God, I'm going to build you a house. <laughs> God laughed. He said, he said, you were just a shepherd boy when I picked you up. I like it when God reminds you of where you're coming from. Because how quickly we forget. You were just a shepherd boy. You were watching few sheep. <laughs> when I orchestrated your rising by the anointing, Did you know the prophet before he came to your house to look for you? Did you know him? When he passed all your brothers who based on curriculum vitae are more qualified than you and he said he will not sit on you until you come back and he put the veil of oil on your head. Did you know, did you lobby? I picked you from the wilderness. Calm down. Sometimes even the things we do for God are occasion for pride. We just think I'm I'm gonna build God a temple, you know. (laughs) All I have comes from God. Can you say that from your heart? Listen, I want to give you 20 seconds. Say that to God and appreciate Him. Do it from your heart. For every privilege. Oh God, you are the one backing me up. You are the one backing me up. You are the one making things happen. All I have comes from you. I honor you. I give you the praise. I give you the glory. Oh, man, Tongra, Sapala, Tongre, Se Peleru, For every single thing that people celebrate me about. Everything working in my life. From you. Of you. For you. By you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. So financial stewardship starts fundamentally with the belief that all you have comes from God. And number two, therefore, I must honor God with how I use His resources. I must honor God with how I use his resources. You know, first and foremost, you, you have to understand this. God likes good, good, good things on you because when you hear a man of God talk like this, you think all God cares about is you giving things out, you giving to church, giving to the poor. God wants you to take care of yourself. Are you aware? He says it's God who gives you things richly for enjoyment. I've quoted this twice now. 1 Timothy 6 what? Get the verse for me. Huh? Check it quickly. 17, right? It is God who gives you all things richly for enjoyment. You believe that? So, God wants you to look good, live in an okay house, drive a good car. But the problem is this. You must strike the balance in your understanding that though it is (laughs) for you, it is not all about you. That's what stewardship is about. (laughs) That's what stewardship is about. I can enjoy it, but it must not end with me. In fact, it must not even revolve around me. Let me tell you something. If you're a young minister and you're trying to learn from celebration church, learn everything. Preach my exact sermons, pronounce words the same way I do. Get the gesticulation right, get everything right the venue, the decoration. If you don't have, by the grace of God, the heart that I have, you have missed 80% of the whole thing, maybe more. 80%, maybe more. Hallelujah. (laughs) Oh my God, what I'm telling you is very important. I make my boast in God 10 years time I will still be the way I am I will greet people casually play with your kids and play with everybody you see when you understand it's an understanding and I'm not saying this to impress you that all you have comes from God oh my (laughs) you become elastic come on are you with me when greatness stretches you, you still return back to who you are. Are you getting what I'm saying? Uh-huh. It's important. It's important. Get your priorities right as a young minister. There are some things, you know I, know, I know you are eager to rise. And God is eager for his name's sake to bless you. He is. Just get this one right. (laughs) Get this one right. Come on, are you with me? And you must see that it's not even something you are doing because you are noble. Just the same way you expect Christians to have fruit of the Spirit. What I'm talking about is a fruit of the Spirit. It's important. There's an important connection. In fact, I want us to do like some Bible study and see what the Bible actually has to say about this. You know, Colossians chapter 3 from verse 1, you know, we quote it so many times in this church. Open it as fast as possible. It says, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ seated on the right hand of God. Set your affections. On things above, not on things on the earth. It says, for you died. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. It says, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then also will you appear with him in glory. Now, everybody read verse 5 together loud as you can. One, two, go. everything else. Put to death sexual immorality. We preach that all the time. (laughs) We've belaboured that. Maybe rightly so. We've talked about idolatry. Even though the scope of our teaching of idolatry is very small, most people are talking about, you know, idol worship. And the scope is larger. An idol is anything that struggles for the place of God in your heart. And when God categorically tells you, Jesus says in Matthew 6 24, you can't serve two masters, you can't serve God and Mammon. Meaning, money can be your idol. You don't have to have a shrine somewhere or a calabash under your bed. Money can be your idol. You can live for money, I'm sure you know that. Some people, their entire essence and existence, The lens through which they honor people. The lens through which they they have a sense of worth and importance is money. Money. You can see it from the pictures they take from everything. Do you know you have to have a problem upstairs to snap currency? You put money on a table and snap it. The fact that it's common does not mean it's normal. Are you listening to me? Just make it normal. So now, he doesn't say, put to death sexual immorality. He doesn't say, just say, put to death Impurity, or lust or evil desires or idolatry he says put to death greed it must die also come on are you with me that one must die also he said kill it kill it kill it that's what has brought this nation to where we are greed and as precarious as the situation is you might still have the symptoms in a smaller scale in your own heart in your own heart I, i'm coming there you, you you see let me tell you something it doesn't matter that you are not carrying a gun there are some symptoms i can see in your heart let me tell you something under the right pressure you will be surprised what you will do With the symptoms. And that's why God judges the heart. You can't judge by actions alone. Because some of you have not just had the opportunities other people had. You're not better than them. The same symptoms. Your friend buys a car. You are angry. What I'm saying is in your heart. Nobody knows. But you know what I'm saying. You are bitter about it. everything. Doing boyfriend competition. Car competition. Whoa, we are talking today. (laughs) Car competition. You, you, you (laughs) do everything. So now he says, don't just say, oh, I will serve the Lord my God. Good first step. He says, don't covet what belongs to your neighbor. Be content. So that first one must lead to all these other ones. Come on, are you with me? This is important. Kill greed, kill greed, kill greed, kill greed, kill greed. Kill it in your life. And and he says it because you can. You can do something about jealousy. You can do something about competition. I know it's not easy, but you can do something about it. You can. It will surprise you that Joseph's brothers did not just wake up one day and say, we will kill Joseph. It happens gradually. If you don't deal with it, you'll be surprised what you will do. It might even be spiritual jealousy. Can offer sacrifice, nothing happened. Abel offered it. Boom, the heavens are opened. (laughs) You you know, spiritual competition. (laughs) Spiritual. That a service that was meant to be to God, you are competing. You want to outshine someone in church. Ministry comparing numbers, comparing you know, I told you how one day, (laughs) my God. I'm not going to talk about that. Compare, compare. I, I went to see a senior man of God years ago for advice. First question: what car do you drive? First question. I looked at my leg and apologized. <laughs> I will never bring you to such a place again. Why? Hallelujah. He said, kill it. You can't. can be growing in other aspects of devotion. And this is, this is the trick of the devil. He doesn't mind if you're excelling in all other points. Do you know what Paul meant when he says the love of money is the root of evil? It means whatever else is not manifesting in your life, greed will bring it out. If you fail on this one, you are failed on all. If you are greedy, you can kill. It doesn't matter you've not done it yet. If you are greedy, you can steal. Please, are you listening to me? It says it's the root of all evil. If you love money, you are not to be trusted on anything, anything. There is nothing you cannot do. Under the right pressure, you will excuse it. just sing about it. Yeah, of course I did it. Who has not done it? Hands in the air. (laughs) (laughs) Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. But that's what we do. It's part of our defense tactics to say everybody does it. Ephesians chapter 5 from verse 1. It says, follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly beloved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Everybody read verse 3 together loud as you can. One, two, go. But among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or what? Or what? Listen. Oh my God. Newer translations simply say greed. So the same way he says there must not be a hint of sexual immorality, he says there must not be a hint of greed. We must not smell it around you. We must not even smell it around you. the aroma must must be far from you. Consistently, greed is put in the category of everything else. All the other grievous vices that we talk about and condemn constantly, greed is put there. Greed is put there. It doesn't matter how common it is in your day. It is as serious as the Bible makes it. Come on, are you with me? So it says there must not be a hint. There must not be. If someone looks at you and says, Ah, you too like. I'm not saying you shouldn't like money. Don't be a hypocrite, though. But if someone says you too like money, it's not a compliment. So when they say you too like money, they say, Eh, now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say a hell now. Go home and cry. <laughs> I, so, I haven't you seen people always looking for a way to cut corners and make money of you? We're coming to that. It's never enough for a greedy person. Never enough. It pays no respect to your boss. Poor people are greedy, rich people are greedy. You you know, you you just see some of the reports we see of the stealing that people have done in this nation. And you're just like, is this not a mental problem? How do you steal 90 billion? 90 billion. One person. What do you want to buy? You can be so entitled that the worth of everyone else is reduced. You don't care if people die. I don't want to get ahead of myself. So he says there must not be a hint. Let me tell you something. You know, when I'm preaching this kind of sermon, there are two responses you can have. You say, mm-hmm. preach it, tell them to make it abundantly clear. I'm talking to you. Check yourself. Check your heart. Assess yourself. Correct yourself. The fact that you are doing better than the person by your side does not mean you are doing well. First Corinthians chapter 6 from verse 9 to 10. Because you know We have a long way to go as a nation. You are complaining about the people stealing. The people waiting to steal are more. You will be surprised. Some church goers, give them small positions. Small. Just give them local governments. And see if they will pick your call. See if they will pick your call. Haven't you seen people abuse small power in your life before? Give someone ghostrap in university. <laughs> you be wondering, are you God? You know, calm down. Because especially in this culture, we just like oppression. We like it. We like it, and there is such a mental slavery amongst the general populace that gives us the impression that we deserve it until we also make it so we can do it to others. It's a cycle. It's a cycle. And you see it in small degrees in every facet of our culture if we are being honest. Haven't you seen prefects? Before they were prefects in school. They were very nice. You gave them position. There is a programming. They did it to me. I must do it to you. And it has become fear of missing out. All the other politicians are bad. Why will I be the first? That will be good. Did they swear for me? Everybody is cashing out. Then I say I will follow Jesus. <laughs> what I'm talking about is a real thing. You no? Know, you know, you can be reacting when you are hearing a sermon like this. When you see money every day in a system that lacks accountability and you can touch it and get away with it and you say no don't pretend it, it takes training and if you are presumptuous if you say I can do it now the, the devil likes presumptuous people like you you, you will be shocked when, <laughs> at the end of the day you just ah, now nah, maybe this <laughs> and you will just keep getting deeper Hallelujah! This is serious. First Corinthians chapter six. Yeah, I need to be faster now. From verse nine, it says, "Or oh, do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, or idolaters, nor idolaters or adulterers, nor men who have sex with men. You know, you know. These are the things we emphasize." He says, Not thieves, nor greedy. He puts greed there. He puts it up there. Same category. What is greed? I'm just going to explain greed with a story that we all know. Two women came to Solomon. There was a problem. Now, in retrospect, we know the full story. Both of them had children. One of them rode, you know, in her sleep, laid on the child until the child suffocated and died. And she woke up in the night. Now, someone will say, you you see what I'm saying? You have done it with charger before. That's how you are starting. (laughs) If you like laughs. You have done it with charger before. So, (laughs) the promotion is coming gradually. You know, swapped the baby. Took the other lady's living child and put her own dead baby and just played as if she was sleeping. And then the woman woke up in the morning, you know, raised an alarm. You took my child, you know. I said, No, that's not my child. This is my child. Now, you will know that it's never really about love. Come on, are you with me? Because now they stand before Solomon. Solomon knows how to catch greedy people. And this is this. I can't think of a better story to describe greed than this. He just said, oh, it's your child. You too, it's your child. Get a sword. Divide the baby. The first woman said, yes, divide it. The other person said, no, I would rather you take the baby than you divide it. And Solomon said, that's the mom. That's the mom. Greed is wanting anything good at the expense of other people. That's what it is. At the expense of others. To the detriment of others. It's not just that I want to go up. I want you to come down. I've told you, some of you don't know to what degree, but I'm anointed, anointed. Like, I want to say it twice so that you understand. (laughs) So some people caught wind of it early. And parents used to come to school, parents of students used to come to school to see me, you know, for me to pray for them and all of that. And something very interesting happened. There was a very influential woman who sent for me. You know, that was the first time I was in like in a, siren, a vehicle with siren. You know, so she, they came, carried me. You know, I was an undergraduate. Stepped into her office. You know, we talked for a bit and all of that. And one of the first things I just knew was. Well, anyway, long story short. Right there from my office, she pointed to one office, you know, with the open glass and said, I want that seat. You know, that's why she called me. <laughs> I-, I want that seat. So in my mind, I'm like, Is it vacant? <laughs> I don't understand. <want> <laughs> no, I don't know. Maybe. But I was like, do you know the church? Many people, your mentality is so damaged, you don't even see that there's a problem with you. Anybody who is hindering your progress will go for you. You know, you know, people pray that in church, in church, in church, just tie red, put chalk hold cowrie let us know you are a herbalist let me tell you something if you don't deal with this thing if you don't deal with this thing the devil doesn't mind all your shaking all your, the devil has rent space in your heart if he's not dealing with you yet, he's not ready it's because he already asked you. There's no point fighting. But you see, this is why many Christians hold positions and disappoint us. This is why. This is why. This is the real problem of this nation. This is the real problem. Greed greed and sadly it's from the top to the bottom sadly it's in the church because you can spiritualize it prayer be like Kabbalist you you, you know I was passing one place and there was an open air crusade and this man of God raised the prayer point. Hey Jesus. Are you ready to hear it? He said, you will say with me, oh Lord, the glory of the firstborn in my family, give it to me. I, I kid you not. And guess what? He had scriptural backing. He said, Esau was the firstborn. Now, just imagine, just imagine that the two siblings were in church. <laughs> you just say if they born you a pray, pray maker. <laughs> you say now pastor go separate us. <laughs> pray now. <laughs> I I couldn't believe my ears. Wickedness. Wickedness. And that's why, if you if, if they sell a vision of prosperity to you that is at any cost, has no boundaries, no limits, that there is no situation, no circumstance that will make you say, you know what. This is more important. You want it a bit take. 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 I've seen people do foolish things. If they point a gun to you and say, give me your phone. I believe in the power of God. But not everybody who refuses, refuses because of the power of God. Are we talking or not? And some people are so foolish that at the cost of their lives, they will be struggling. (laughs) They'll be struggling. Hallelujah. And such power will work when those material things have no hold on you. Do you understand what I'm saying? No hold. Oh, I'm sure you know I believe in the power of God, don't you? <laughs> Look at Luke chapter 12, verse 15. The NIV says, Watch out! and guard against all kinds of greed. Don't, don't pretend. It's, watch out. Guard against it. Watch out, oh. Guard against it. Start watching out for it. Start testing yourself. When there is a need... To give maybe something sacrificial for church or to the poor, what is expensive to you relative to when you are in a shopping complex? You see, those are secret conversations you must have. How come I could spend this amount and I didn't die? I didn't even flinch. But when it comes to giving this amount to the poor, to God, have you seen people, has anybody ever said, I no get, and you were shocked. Ah. ah. Can you pay you access today? <laughs> and listen, I'm also against entitlement. If someone says they don't have, they don't have. Come on, are you with me? Uh-huh. So there's a balance. He says, watch out. Guard against all kinds of Greed. Life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. You know, you are more inclined to believe in this about yourself that ah, uh, he has more money. Well, what does that mean? It's not about money. But you must believe this about others. Come on, are you with me? Must be able to see people who don't have as much as you do and see them beyond their purse. Are you listening to me? It's very important. Life does not consist in the abundance of things that I possess. What are the dangers of greed? Because I, I just need to move fast. The way this time is just. What did I say? Dangers of greed. Number one. (laughs) If you are greedy, you will lack discernment. If you are greedy, you will what? Let me tell you something. Every scam artist, as smart as they are, they thrive on the greed of people, which makes them poor at discernment. someone says if you give me 5k I will give you 1 million tomorrow with your whole education just that greed that is pushing you that what if it's true that that 0.5% likelihood you will bet on it you will bet on it because against better judgment you greedy as you are you cannot hear that someone else benefited from such a scheme and you did not. You don't want to be left out. And they know people like you. They plan their craft for people like you. It's, your body will be shaking like this. That, ah, I cannot miss this. <laughs> You'll be on your bed trying to sleep. It Sleep will not come. <laughs> you will lack discernment. If you are greedy, you will take poor business decisions. And usually in haste. Greedy people are always hasty. Always. As if, why not wait till tomorrow? No, no, no. I want to do it now. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 9. I mean, this is good counsel in the word of God. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 9. Timothy chapter 6, verse 9. Come on, are you there? Read as loud as you can. One, two, go. Oh my God. Isn't this powerful? This is instructive. Those who desire to be rich, who have an inordinate desire, who will be rich at any cost. He says, this is their lot. They fall into temptation and a snare. You will enter a trap. They will trap you. (laughs) They will trap you. If it has not happened, he's telling you to happen. This is the science we use to catch rats. they know what we do? How do we catch rats? Appetite, is it not? That's how we catch rats. Because there's a way you will just do the food. (laughs) Because all those traps don't work for Nanjaya rats. You will just tiptoe. But if you mix the food well, the rat can be tasting it and be saying, ah, but this thing sounds different too. It smells different too. It tastes different too. But <coughs> you still eat it. And the next morning you see the rat there. Don't be a rat. <laughs> Laugh but hear what? Some of you will need what I'm saying now, 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 now. God is using this to save your life. Those who will be rich at any cost fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish. I like the fact that you put foolish. Have you have they ever caught you and say, ah, ah me? <laughs> at my age. Wow. Phew. <laughs> foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. Drowns men. This is the principle behind betting too. Hardened money. You just roll dice. Roll dice. You have a nine to five. Then you roll dice to determine your faith. Remain it small, remain it small. They take your fifty k. You say, "I will win it back. I will go again. Rule it, ah! ah, You know, and then you know the devil. You will win once. When you win, you will be happy. Da, ah! is this how it is? One k, I got ten k. Ha, ah, you now be thinking if I had put more now, you'll be calculating. <laughs> you be calculating ah if it was 50k now you know like this now <laughs> investor vibes you are it <laughs> like this now you're not like ah if I had dropped my school fees these are real life issues church people are struggling with this thing that's why you need to hear it Jesus taught on appetite he said when you are on the table put a knife to your put a knife the proverbs taught on it Jesus taught on it come on are you with me many people, it says they drown themselves, you know drowning happens gradually, that's why I'm saying this with habits some will borrow to to gamble borrow money anyone under the sound of my voice both online and on site under this plague of gambling I break that spell in Jesus name Because it's habitual, but spirits can get a hold of your mistakes. You see, people down to nothing, nothing, just decisions. Decisions. Some funny looking guy comes to you, makes one proposition. The truth is, in your heart of hearts, you know, you know there is a chance this thing is not pure. But you don't care because it's lucrative. You don't care. That's what he's talking about. They will catch you. They know how to craft it. And then they, they say, it's expiring in the next three hours. That's what they usually say. So the urgency. The urgency. Let me tell you something. There are some things that will not work on you. If greed is not in you. Years ago, I didn't even know what one chance was. I, I didn't know how it works. But I just entered a vehicle and drama started. The driver just talked to the guy by my side, uh, by my side at the back. He said, What is inside that boot? The guy says, Please, sir, please, what is inside that boot? You know, it's dollars. My old guy just died. I will just carry this money. Please don't report me. I will share the money. So they now. The guy now parked. I said, What what rubbish is this? <laughs> you know, genuinely I was just annoyed that ah, do you think I'm here for? I said, Are you going to where I'm going or not? So the guy looked at me, surprised, like, dollars, dollars. <laughs> I said, Are you going or not? She said, I'm not going. You know, so I, I came down. So at home, I was just innocently <laughs> telling my mom that, can you imagine one cab guy was just wasting my time. They mother shout, ah, you know African mom. <laughs> My mom is African and Yoruba, so you can imagine. Say, ah, that's one chance. I say, hey. Listen, you don't even need to know. If you are not greedy, there are many things you will escape. Many easy things you will escape. course, your business is another person's dollars listen it's not every time spiritual warfare t- there are a lot of wars you will win if you learn what I'm telling you what god cannot give me let me never have what God cannot give me, let me never have. What God cannot give me, let me never have. What God cannot give me. Are, are you listening to me? <laughs> you're, not, you're not talking to someone who has not been tested though. What God cannot give me, let me never have. I'm okay. I'm not desperate. Come on, are you with me? I, I, I want to do better, but I'm not desperate. Not at any cost. Not like this and many times the devil will come when he sees legitimate promises from God, he will offer you a shortcut God has already told Abraham I will bless you and make you a blessing but there is a kind of offer that makes Abraham say, "Lest you say you made Abraham rich God said it but not this way did you hear what I said? God said it but not this way say that with me, God said it but not this way You you rehearse it. God said it, but not like this. Not like this. After waiting this long, being faithful in your consecration, you now mess everything up at the end. Time, time, time. Number two, you will stray from devotion. Let me tell you something. I don't care how prayerful you are now. I don't care if your tongues sound like the Russian language. Here is a guarantee from the word of God. If you are greedy, you will stray from your devotion. You will stray. I can predict it from your appetite to money. I can predict whether you will still be calling on the name of God in the next five years. Look at verse 10. Everybody read it together. One, two, go. For which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves. He says, for the love of money, many have strayed from the faith. You, people who were vibrant, greed will extinguish their fire. This is what the word of God is saying. You, you were stray. One morning, I think by the providence of God, God just wanted us to have that experience so that we can evangelize to that guy. I think this was um, 2014 15. We woke up one morning and our car wouldn't just start. So we just booked the ride. And I can't remember what led to the conversation, you know, with the cab guy and all of that. Okay, I think the cab guy claims to be a Christian, but he works seven days a week, including Sunday mornings. So we're like, ah, won't you go to church? And I say, I must make money, you know, and all of that. So we knew that this was an extreme case of, we're trying to tell him uh, it's not about money, this, this, that. He said anybody that will give him money, Jesus, Satan, Abelis, he said he will go. He said, God, that cannot give me money. I can't follow such a God. I'm not telling you what someone told me. He told us to our face like this. He knew we were pastors, so he didn't care. I saw a TikTok video of guys who were outlandishly bragging about money they made from rituals. They have a TikTok account. And then what broke my heart the most was comments. Show me the way. I'm interested. Show me the... (laughs) You know. A musician this country sang that, I mean, if if hard work does not work, he would do blood money. He sang about it. There's never been a generation that lacked discernment as much as this. So fickle, so petty. It's a problem. Please, are you listening to me? It's a problem. He said, So now he tells you, you will stray. You will stray. If you don't deal with this thing, you will stray. You will stray. Look at Proverbs chapter 23. Oh my God. Oh, look at Proverbs chapter 13 verse 11. Let me run through this. Please, I have five points I can run through, right? All right. Proverbs it's not like if you say no, I will, but... Just being polite. Proverbs thirteen eleven. 11. It says, Well gained by dishonesty will diminish. But he who gathers by labor will increase. You know, another translation says, He who gathers little by little. Can you say little by little? Say it again. Say little by little. Ah. If you are greedy, you will not respect, honest labor. You want it fast, and that's why you're vulnerable. That's under the first point on, you know, it will affect your discernment. Most financial scams, they offer immediate results. You just put in your money like this, By tomorrow morning, forget it, you're a millionaire. Look at Proverbs chapter 23 verse 4. Proverbs chapter 23 verse 4. I want to read this to you from the NIV. I prefer the NIV's rendition. Proverbs 23 verse 4. It says, labor not to be rich. Cease from your own wisdom. Listen, if you are greedy, are you listening to me? And this is a problem with many people they damage their health to make money, then they now use the money to treat themselves all their life. So, I don't know how to put this number three points. But a greedy person will never have a balanced life. You won't see the need to give attention to family, give attention to your health, Give attention to Christian devotion. Just money. Just money. Don't kill yourself trying to be rich. Okay, I said I wanted to read from the NIV. So let me read that to you. It says, do not wear yourself out to get rich. Are you listening to that? Don't damage your health. Don't damage your health number four a greedy person will never be satisfied a greedy person will what? I usually don't like I'm not really one to comment on things like this but it needs to be said because part of God's plan for nation transformation believe it especially when it comes to character—is the church said someone bought a bra of uh, 14 million or so. Mm -hmm. Eh? Was it 14? I think it was more than that. 2.5 million. Mm -hmm. Dollars. Dollars. With precious stones. May the Lord deliver us. I'm sorry. You know, I'm (laughs) spiritual. (laughs) But sometimes, some things just need to be said. Hallelujah. We'll never be satisfied. The guy in Luke 12, his bands were full. You know what he said? I will break it and build a bigger one. That's greedy person. And God now said, if you die now, if you die, and, and that's, that's the assumption. People like this forget that you are still going to die. You will leave that money behind and so, you know, oh my God, the writer of Ecclesiastes tells us and even Paul reiterates, you came naked. You are going naked. If you like, let them wear you clothes. You are not taking any of it. Remember that. Hallelujah. And number five, which is the last one. I'll just talk on this and then we pray. A greedy person will fall out of favor with God and with man. A greedy person will fall out of favor with God and with man. <laughs> you know, Jesus gave a very <laughs> important advice. He said, Make friends with unrighteous mammon. A lot of people don't know what that means. And this life has so many examples of people who were great yesterday many examples of people who were great yesterday, small today. Because when you rise at the detriment or to the detriment of others, you don't care about it. You never care about anybody. Then in your old age, you will now be lonely. What a life. What a waste. You will get to an age where your real wealth will be the people around you. Because no matter how wealthy you are, you can't be traveling up and down. It don't really matter the type of cars you have. If you don't have people who genuinely, not people who are just looking at you, checking you every morning to see if you are dead so that they can take your money. Do you know how horrible it would be to have people who only care about your will in your old age? Hmm? yesterday and they just went into obscurity. Do you know what that means? It means they didn't help anybody. That's what it means. More often than not. I know it's a wicked world. You know, there is a text we like to quote. In fact, we use it for offering. You know, offering time. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 6. Verse what? You know the verse. 38, right? Give and it shall be given to you measure, press down, shaking together, running over. Oh, you know what it means? Your basket will be so full, you need to press it so that it can take more. (laughs) And shake it so that it can contain more. But it will still run over. Oh, come on, receive that, receive that. (laughs) But it says, shall men give unto your bosom? He didn't say God. Are you listening to this? Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's read in context so you can understand what he's saying. Read from verse 37. Are you in verse 37? Everybody read together. One, two, go. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall forgive him. Give! He's not talking about a supernatural principle. He's just talking about the law of favor. What you do to others, they will do to you. So the good measure pressed down and shaken together. He says, Men, 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 men. As you are rising, make sure you are helping people rise. Start practicing generosity. Don't wait. Listen, and this is the un- another thing. A greedy person procrastinates. I will give tomorrow. No. Right now, i I'm mean, Imagine giving a tenth at this level. When I get to this, when I start earning this, I will now start giving. It never changes. It's a habit. Selfishness is a habit. Generosity is a habit. You start now. You start now. one of the greatest achievements of my life is the lives i've been privileged to touch not many people my age can say if you take all i have i still cannot be poor i'm not saying that because i pastor a church <laughs> whether you like it or not there are just some people who will never be comfortable with me lacking. They are not 10. They are not 20. Hallelujah. And for me, that's true wealth. That's true wealth. Now, I caution myself. You will never hear me say I need, even jokingly. Because there are people who will always take it seriously. Seriously. December last year, I was, I was just talking with a few people. And, and someone just said, oh, what, what's your favorite car? And everybody was talking, no. <laughs> and I said, ah, there's this guy, Like, ah, my God, this, 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 this. That's how the next day, someone was there, sent me a message, I will buy you the car. I used two days to beg him. <laughs> I said, I can't, I'm too young, I can't drive this one now. Two days. Then after the second day, he said, okay, sir. Then the next day, 2 p.m., he said, sir, I just saw a text. Sir, I've heard what you said, but I, I just said, <laughs> you know. The only way I could catch him is, I said, see what we are doing for the gospel. There's a lot to be done. And I said, oh, okay, okay, okay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Live for something you understand? Greed will reduce the worth of a fellow human being. You, you have to have a view of yourself to stretch a gun to someone else. Knowing that the consequence of the release of that trigger is that that person's existence will be extinguished. You don't care. It doesn't start that way. You just say, ah, you know. And that's why watch out for people Who because they are struggling, they start hating people who are successful. It's always subtle. It starts from there. It starts from there. Cain did not immediately jump on Abel and kill him. God came to him. He said, Cain, why are you sad? God came to him, why are you sad, Cain. If you do the right thing, we will you not be commended. God warned him, sin is knocking on your door. He didn't hear. It gets worse. You don't become a murderer one day. It starts with jealousy. It starts with strife. It starts with competition. The devil will now sell an idea. You won't kill. Just kidnap, ask for ransom, Return. That's where it starts. Then, you now get someone who tries to resist. To defend yourself, you shoot. That's where it starts. And the more you continue, you know the thing about sin? It, it, it will kill, it will drown your conscience. Until now, you have no life. All you see, you, you see perns, You know, humans as puns for your own selfish agenda. This is why things like this have to be taught. You can pray for this nation from now till next year as long as we still have people amongst us who have even the slightest symptom. What I'm saying, the Bible says it, it says there must not even be a hint of it. The person who buys stuff for us in church was not available. So we told a bread brother, go and buy this equipment. <laughs> and you know me, <laughs> those of you who just joined this church don't know where I'm coming from. The first few years, I used to go to a lab by myself. There's no, there's nothing I know the price of everything. <laughs> I know the price of everything. <laughs> I saw the thing, the person bought. <laughs> brand new, that is already rusting. And I'm just like, and sometimes we jeopardize the blessings that God has for us. You know, there, there was a guy, <laughs> I'll say this and then we we'll pray and we'll... Go ahead. You know, so somehow for many years I've suffered because I have a very interesting hair and not, not many barbers understand it. So years ago I finally found someone who understood it. And, you know, after a few trials I'd called him to my office and then he was cutting the hair. And I, I was just thinking to myself, hey, this guy is really good and he's, he lives in one Slum somewhere. So I called Pastor K who introduced me to him. I said, I want us to build this guy a shop in Ikeja. I will arrange a facility for him. Let him pay back. This guy is so good. Let's just help him out. He said, okay, sir. So that was the last haircut I had in Lagos before I went to Abuja. So now I went to Abuja. I needed another haircut. Went confidently to the barber shop and then opened my clipper bag and discovered that my brand new clipper had been swapped for scrap. Oh, surely he made a mistake. Called him. Uh, you took my clipper by mistake. He said, no, sir, I didn't take it to... Uh-uh. <laughs> I said, don't worry. Now, in his mind, he's smart. Ah, 22K clipper. <laughs> he has duped me. We're going to set him up the next month. The next month, what I'm telling you, you will discover in heaven. You <laughs> he also know where he is, He's like ah, Clipper, we we'll on a handicap. <laughs> Hallelujah! Please rise to your feet. Psalm 119 verse 36. I want to be sure I'm I'm quoting from my heart, so I want to be sure that that's the verse I want us to. Yes. You're going to pray this prayer from your heart. Psalm 119 verse 36. Everybody read together, one to go. Read it again, one to go. Wants to do in this nation will begin from the church. We are going to talk about this nation and pray about this nation, especially on Monday. But let's start with us, Father. Incline my heart unto righteousness and not to covetousness. Deliver me from any scent, any symptom of greed. Begin to pray. I'm a new man in Christ. I have a new heart it must show it must show I act like who I am I act like who I am I act like who I am in the spirit right now. God wants to be able to trust you. He has bigger in store for you. What you are pursuing is yet yet a gross underestimation of his plan for your life. I refuse to short-circuit my destiny pursuing temporary gain at the expense of the higher calling of God. I lay aside every weight right now. Pray in the Holy Ghost right now. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. And let me tell you something. When it comes to greed, you handle greed not just with prayer. You handle greed with practice. You practice it at the initial stage, generosity will be uncomfortable. Though. And so, the Bible in the Old Testament gives us the analogy of sacrifice. Like you are getting a ram. Sometimes, when you are dragging a ram to the altar, it will be struggling with you. You will bind it, you will put it on the altar. Many times, that's what you do with money. You have to start practicing it. Start practicing. Start practicing. Practice everywhere, not just in church, not just with the poor. Someone had your back in the office, spoke for you, gave you a vote of confidence. And so they promoted you, buy a bottle of wine. Not for anything, not for favoritism, not for bribe. I'm talking about the favor that has already been done. Just say, sir, I just want to appreciate you for how you guide me in this office for your mentorship and all of that some of the things you are praying for is just lack of wisdom a man's gift makes way for him start practicing it start practicing no matter how small try not to visit people empty handed that's something our parents know our generation does not know it watch your parents they know what I'm saying Even if it is a bottle of granite, they will buy. You learn it. Otherwise, you will learn the hard way. Just start practicing it. You see, the proverb said, there is is he that scatters and yet increases. And then there is he that holds and, you know, is brought to penury. It's, it's, It's the paradox of life. You don't get richer by keeping to yourself all the time. What you have been saving, someone can give you in one minute. Never hold money at the expense of favor. Don't. Start practicing. Start practicing. You have been promoted three times. You are still giving the same thing to church. You are doing something to yourself. In this church, I'm not sure we have more than 30% of people who give sacrificially. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And the Lord corrected me. I'm so used to getting, you know, few people that I can trust to do all the work. And those people are so blessed. But it's not even just about the blessings, it's about the training. We must stop. Come on, come on are you with me? And in, generally, like I'm saying, not just to church. You heard the testimony of my wife you know the lump in her body disappearing during the boot camp let me tell you what you may not have known just three months before then we got a call from someone oh this woman needs to do an operation cancer and we're looking for money you know i got a stay in my spirit sent a thousand dollars and i said lord i am i didn't even know what was coming I am doing this to keep cancer away from my family. Three months later, my wife comes and says, I'm a lot." Thank God for prayer. Thank God for everything. But uh, Come on, are you with me? I know some people tie sacrifice to anything. Mm-mm. I got a stay, a leading in my spirit. But greed would have kept it. Hindered me from it. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for raising us as a breed with no greed as a breed with no greed as a breed with no greed so that when the prince of the earth comes to us he will find nothing nothing in our heart belonging to him nothing in our motives belonging to him only Jesus and his motives a sanctified heart not a heart in heart a heart of flesh not of stone nothing that the devil can bait us with not the kingdoms of this world. Not the riches untold. Nothing will make us bow to another God. Thank you, Father. And the change we seek in this nation will begin with us. It will begin with us. It will begin with the church. Thank you, Father. Glory to your name. In Jesus' mighty name. Say, Lord, amen. Shout,